What's up, legends? On this episode of the podcast, I spoke with Austin Pollard. Austin's story is powerful as a local kid from the bottom of Ohio whose six-year sobriety journey led him to move out to Los Angeles to pursue music. It wasn't long after that that his talents were noticed by Theo Vaughn and Brendan Schaub of the King and the Sting podcast, which led to two full-length albums of original music from Austin, who's now known by hundreds of thousands of fans as Lil Browse. His journey's come full circle as he's come back to the Comeback City to perform in his first headlining show at the Vern Reif Center of the Arts. I have to say, what most impressed me about Austin is his complexity as a person and an artist. He's multifaceted both in life and in the booth as an incredible musician, as a dad, a person in recovery, and it's clear that the quality of his art comes from his quality as a person. Check out Lil Brow's Project Fireboy, now available on your favorite streaming platform. This is a comeback story you don't want to miss. And of course, every episode of the Local Legends podcast is brought to you by Glockner Enterprises. They're a huge part of the good things happening here in the comeback city and provide this platform to document small town American success stories to help our listeners succeed. So if you or anyone you know is ready to make a vehicle purchase, make sure to visit glockner.com to get started. Enjoy the episode. Bernard Glockner died in 1876. It is to recall that the funeral cortege was the largest ever seen in the city. This is the Local Legends Podcast. Welcome back to the Local Legends Podcast. I'm here in the Glockner Speakeasy with a local legend on the rise. From the bottom of Ohio, it's Sir. Austin Pollard, man. Welcome back to the What's Comeback up, City. Guys? What up, what up? Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, bro. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, of I, course. I've, I've got a, uh, so many things I want to say about the music, but let's just start with uh, catching the listeners up to speed. Yeah. Tell us who you are and maybe a little bit um, about how you got here. Yeah, how I got here. Wow, it came full cycle. But um, how I got back here was through music. And it's funny because why I left was feeling the need to go out and like do music and like I felt something like burning inside of me you know Mm -hmm. and um and also addiction is a big part of my story too which is why I left and uh so yeah just to start there it's funny that you know leaving to get sober and pursuing music and then coming back here and this is the first like headlining concert I'll be doing back in the hometown Mm. so that's just really that's really cool I feel really grateful to kick things off here yeah, man. Yeah. It is amazing that it's full circle right back here. What's like it's the really timeline, crazy. timeline yeah. from, or I guess the starting point of when you started taking this seriously and being here and performing yeah. at the Vern Rife? The timeline of the whole journey is basically through my sobriety, which is six years mm-hmm. from like leaving, trying to get things right, trying to get sober, and then ending up back here is six years. But taking music serious has probably been the past couple years, mm. past two years. Right. Um, but yeah. Yeah, so... Like I said, when we were talking, man, your your story is important, bro. And I mean, here's why. When I was like a 20-year-old kid sitting on 3rd Street trying uh-huh. to figure out like how to make a life that I was proud of. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, I know a lot of people here have that similar experience. They have a hard time like assigning value to themselves because right. of where they're from. Mm. There's like this really limiting belief uh, yeah. that maybe local's kind of a limitation, oh. right? Or uh, there's like a ceiling for how far you can go because right. of where you're from. Yeah. Um, and so on my mind, we're doing this interview for that kid in his room that's going to be listening to your album next year. Mm. You know what I mean? Trying yeah. to figure out how he makes his way, wants to do uh, what you do. It's right. like people are inevitably already and going to start looking up to you because you're from their city, oh, right? Yeah. So um, 
you mentioned before that you just recently kind of started taking this seriously within maybe six months or so. How do you start that journey and what kind of lit the flame? Yeah. Um, dude, it's, it's really just about not giving a fuck what people think. That's mm. like the, that's the first thing that comes to mind because a thing that paralyzed me in music for a long time and just like whatever dream you have, like chasing any dream is the fear of what other people think. Right. That's like the first thing that comes to mind. Um, cause a lot of people say like, you know, we act like it's ourselves that are limiting, but a lot of times it's like, what will they think of what I'm doing? And that mm. kind of like limits us. So that was the first step was like, okay, first off, I have to not care what anyone thinks and I have to do what I'm supposed to do. Tight. And then just like kind of getting out of my head and out of my ego and shit. Mm-hmm. So like, that's a tip right there is like through sobriety, you learn that, um, you know, selfishness and self-centeredness is like the root of your problem. Mm. So that was like planted the seed for me to be like, all of my problems are just because I'm self-consumed. So if I get out of my head and just like live and like every time I have thoughts like that, push them to the side and just like go through action. Mm. That's when a lot of things started to happen as a byproduct successes in like just relationships first and then other things I want to pursue like music and stuff. So the first step for me was like, fuck what everyone thinks, you know? Mm. And, uh, then there's like that dichotomy of like, you have to care what people think too, like your immediate circle. Yeah. So that was like a big thing for me to learn was like who to listen to, who not to listen to. And then also listening to my like inner self. Yeah. You know? Right. So you're, that's amazing. You're, you're basically your journey through sobriety and like the ideology kind of like putting the pieces back together that had a huge impact is on you as an artist. Yeah. And I think some people already have that. And some people find that through different ways. I didn't have that. So I, I needed that ideology and sobriety to kick it off like I needed to learn how to like be comfortable with myself and say what I think and just be myself basically Mm. so that's like that's really where it started for me because without that I I wasn't able to do like anything I wanted to do like I I couldn't have had the follow-through to do music or the consistency to keep up with it and so I learned a lot of those principles through recovery at first wow yeah, yeah. and Honestly. when you were when you were here local man yeah. I mean just like this uh this talent um did you were you like freestyling here around home or like how, oh, yeah. how do you kind of build that uh Dude, build I've been that freestyling muscle? and rapping since I was like a little kid like <laughs> I remember the first time I was freestyling we were at the lunch table and what's that beat you guys always do at the lunch table it's like uh it's grinding 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 did you guys do that at the lunch table no one yeah 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 high school dance grinding great problem yeah like whoa 12 inches guys 12 inches no grinding here yeah 12 inches for jesus you know in youth ministry it's like so we were doing beats on the lunch table and the first time i rapped was uh I, I was a shy kid like I was very sensitive and shy I'm a cancer like I just feel all the vibes and stuff so I was like very reflective and introspective as a kid you know mm-hmm. and I remember looking up to my friends that were like outgoing and shit and I'm like I'm just over here shy and have all these thoughts but I wasn't able to like be a part of basically and like speak what I was like thinking Tight. yeah so the way I did that was through rapping I know it sounds very like eight mile of me but <laughs> I basically was like I want to like say some shit and be funny and like be like witty so I thought all night about this freestyle that I was going to do the next day at school. This is like probably fourth grade. And I thought about all my friends. I got like Matt, 
Brandon, Corey, like these five guys at the lunch table. And I thought of a punchline about like each one of them. And I just memorized it all day, all night long. And then the next day at the lunch table, I'm like, you guys got that uh, that grinding beat? And someone's like, kick it off, Brandon. <laughs> oh, man, like, I'm like, I guess I'll freestyle. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm honestly not prepared at all for this. But uh, so basically, I just went around and kind of like roasted them in like a funny way and stuff. And everyone was like, fuck yeah. And it was just like a moment where I was like, oh, I can... I'm good at this. Like, I like to mm. do this, you know? And my older brother, Zach, got me into rapping and music. And I think he, he grew me up on Bone Thugs and Harmony when I was younger. So just the mm. fast, like, hit him in a minute when I really want to get him. I begin to, like, that type of fast rap, like the choppy Midwest flow is the first thing that I was like, oh, this is, this is amazing. Mm. Um, and yeah, then just like my love for music grew and getting into like all different types of genres and stuff. Um, but that's kind of where it started. Tight, man. Yeah. I mean, so it, it's amazing that like uh, that childhood memory like still holds so much weight to. You. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? All all this stuff is, is super um, fundamental at its core. Like you think um, when people ask you like how you made it out of here, that it'd be like, oh man, I was trying to find the funding or something. Yeah, <laughs> it was really like, no, I just really couldn't give a shit what people thought of me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, because I was crippled by what people thought of me at mm. first, you know, and that's what like got me there. Like, right. so it was like a lot of pain and a lot of things that brought me to that point to even like seek a new way of thinking, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Mm. So, and it doesn't have to be like that. Like you don't, you don't have to keep putting yourself through shit just in order to be successful. But for me, it took a lot of pain as a motivator sure. to seek a new way of thinking. You know what I'm saying? Sure, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, I found out about you because Max, the ultimate hype man, our buddy Max. Shout out to Max Miles. <laughs> for real, bro. Uh, hit me up one night and he was like, man, you got to listen to my boy Austin. So I was like, all right, bet. Because anything Max says, you know, it holds weight. It holds me. weight. So, yeah. 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 So. I'm just like walking through Kroger and I just listen to albums chronologically and oh, yeah. Fireboy was out at that point. Oh, so I just started, uh, started playing it. Yeah. And man, I love how like right off the bat you mentioned, like bottom from Ohio, you mentioned where you're from, yeah. like ho holds a lot of weight to you and mm -hmm. you, you want to like claim the city. I mean, that's yeah. tight. It went very quickly from me just like, you know, you listen to things as a favor for a friend to like, man, I, I, I just kept listening. Like I looked at my phone cause float was on. I was like really connecting with it. And now you're in my playlist with like, uh, you know, trippy, big Sean, like all the, all the people. Is that crazy to you? Yeah. That you're like, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm just grateful for anyone that like listens to my shit. It's kind of been like a gradual process and I've always just wanted people to resonate with yeah. it, you know, like that's why. I think I'm pretty like realistic in my music and pretty like just like it feels authentic to me mm. to just speak in like the way I do about my lyrics and stuff, you know? Sure. So for you to be like, oh, like I connect with that and I actually like want to keep listening. That's that's really cool to hear. Yeah, man. And I, I want to ask like I got tons of questions about the album because yeah. you're telling real stories. But mm -hmm. I mean, just on top of that, yeah. you, you got the, the full package, like production slick visuals go crazy. Like the whole thing, you know, you're you, you were intentional about it. I, I can tell you're not just like, let's kind of talk about maybe what I identified as kind of a big breakthrough moment with you was like the whole King and the Sting story. Yeah. Can you like tell a little bit about how that happened? happened because yeah. there, there's all kinds of moments on the internet there's viral stuff on barstool all the time that that just goes nowhere like right you never hear from that person again but yeah. you like really seize that momentum yeah you know? <laughs> yeah how did it all start it all started with um going to a chick-fil-a on a sunday it That's was a sunday started, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> for real like most great stories start and uh went to chick-fil-a on a sunday at this point i'm making music 
And I started to get really consistent with it. I think I was living with my friend Taylor at the point. And I was just driving to the studio like every two days, like just really in a zone of like, I'm going to start making music now. I'm going to put it out and I don't care like what happens. I just want to do this. Mm. Um, and that's where I made that decision that like, I'm going to do this regardless. Like, and something that helped me that someone told me is kind of like, it's kind of that manifestation type thing where you like see what you want to do and like you're going to get there regardless of how it falls into place. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So that was like the first point, uh, just starting that process. Then I went to Chick-fil-A on a Sunday and I watched King and the Sting all the time. Theo was like one of my favorite comedians. So I was actually pretty depressed that day. It was uh, like right when quarantine started out in Los Angeles and just in general. And um yeah, I was like just watching that to cheer me up basically mm-hmm. and went there. Then Chick-fil-A's closed. The day just kept getting shittier. I'm like, it's <laughs> Sunday. This sucks. I was, I was going to ask about that Sunday thing, but I just let this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, it's fuck. Of course like, it is. is it open up? Yeah, no, 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 no. Like, so basically I just tight. like, yeah, I just went, um, I just went through the drive through I was like, fuck, it's closed. Went directly into a parking spot and like the part I was on on the uh, podcast was they were like submit your shit and blah 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 mm. and i just got like really inspired right there so i recorded like a freestyle like right in that parking lot yeah sent it in and kind of forgot about it and then like two weeks later their producer nick hit me up and he was like bro the guys really liked your song and shit like do you want to pop in like in studio and i'm like fuck yeah and at this point i'm just saying yes to everything yeah. like that's another big thing that stands out through that journey is like just say yes to opportunities that pop up like mm. even when your head tells you that like not shit's gonna happen or like this is pointless or like Tight. i'm gonna be embarrassed when i get there all these thoughts that accumulate you know yeah i just say yes and i go and i, I say yes to things and i show up and that's like was a big part of just everything for me so he hit me with that and i said yes and then he texted me the address and it was like a minute from where i was living like literally right a block away so i was like oh dude i'm like right down the street mm. went on there and the vibe just felt right in there and it felt organic and like we were all just vibing and stuff and i was like i'm just gonna take this as far as possible just because it was like fun to me at the moment it was like yeah. authentic to what i actually liked i really listened to the show and like knew all the characters in there sure and they're like you want to just make a full fucking album for us i'm like yep And that just goes along with just like saying yes to anything that's presented in front, you know, and like that registers with you. So they said, yeah, and we got fucking some cool people on the album. And then I just went from there. To say the least. Yeah. (laughs) When that Paul Wall feature came through. Yeah, I know. I was pumped. What is the connection there? That's wild. Like Paul Wall. I think just those guys, like a lot of people like their stuff and they just have a lot of a big fan base. So it's kind of wide. Yeah, it was kind of a perfect storm to be like to let me spearhead that project and to let the fans jump on it. And then some of their friends that are musicians to hop on and just kind of make this album, this project celebrating them as a podcast and as a community. Basically. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So you, you mentioned it in Fireboy, but was there like major pressure to get the album done quick? Or what? Um, I think I put it on myself. Yeah. And like some of my friends were around me will tell me, they're like, bro, like what's the, you don't have a deadline or anything. And I'm like, when they said do it, I went home and had basically the whole project done in like a couple of days, like five songs finished, like the whole thing. I was just waiting on everyone else to get their parts in. Man, yeah. And that's not even me being like, oh, I'm so quick. It's just like, I want to work. Like I want to go hard and get shit done. Yeah. And like, I don't want to waste time. So I was excited enough about it to have that enthusiasm to be like, mm. I want to crank this out and get it done and, and make it happen. So there was no real deadline, but I put a lot of 
pressure on myself, but like that's how diamonds are made, you know? You yeah. gotta put someone's gotta put the pressure on you. Yeah, man. And it says a lot just to like take uh just kind of take the opportunity while it's kind of fresh in everybody's mind. Right. Like, but people may not say that, like they may not give you a deadline, but you drag that shit out and it could be a whole different story kind of facts. Deal. Yeah, yeah. Kind of switching gears, but ha- mm. have you seen Travis Scott's doc on Netflix? You watch Look, Mom, I can fly. I've saw little parts of it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've saw little parts of it. There's this part in it that I had to bring up because it, it like, uh, I was com- completely shook because I just saw him at like K- KFC Stadium and there's, you know, that's a 20,000 person venue. Oh, it's like man. packed. That's wild. And like when I watched the doc, I mean, there's this opening, um, there's mm. this opening footage of him in Houston mm-hmm. with like 40 people in yeah, a show. I've seen I that. Mean, I think everybody's like afraid of those like 40 people moments. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So your ability to overcome that did a lot of that. Was there anything specific in what you were learning in uh, sobriety that, mm. um, that mm. you kind of coached yourself up on or like, how do you get over those moments? That's a great question. And it is, um, symbiotic because in recovery, like you have to have sort of that blind faith that you're going to like become who you're supposed to be mm. regardless of those moments along the way. Right. For me, it's like falling in, falling into the future, basically like that positive momentum to carry you into it. Tight. So yeah. that parallel with that is like, yeah, if, if you, if Travis Scott wants to sell out the KFC arena, like he's going to have to fall forward and get all those moments along the way. Yeah. But like trusting your vision to know that like, that's where you'll end up sure along the way. So yeah, that's, that's a big part of it. That's it's just, I, I just yeah. want to like draw a parallel to yeah. like the, the thing about that is when I saw him in Kentucky, like he had the same energy as when he was on that stage in Houston. Mm. And like, I, I really felt like, um, when I watched that, like watched the playback at you on King of the Sting, just that, you know, the other submissions, like you were saying, were, were kind of rough, but like you're like, you had that same energy. Like when you were sitting, when you were just sitting in the car freestyling, you know yeah. what I mean? You could tell you, you, you cared, you were dialing in and you were just doing like, you were just trying to be excellent in right. what you were doing. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think that's just a huge like piece of the puzzle yeah, like, man. to take it to the next level. It's coming from Ohio. I've always been super inspired by Machine Gun Kelly. Um, mm-hmm. I know like we know him as who he is now, but growing up, we saw him like coming up in Cleveland as a kid, yeah. just like freestyling and selling up and like doing these shows and stuff. And I always drew inspiration from him because he would do that in shows. Like if it was 20 people, he would bring that energy. Yeah. And I remember clocking that and being like, that's that's how to show up for yourself is like just mm. bringing that same energy regardless if there's five people or five thousand people. So yeah, that that's inspiring to see mm. when people do that. Uh, absolutely, man. Tell yeah. tell us about some cuts on the album. I, I kind of want to know what was heavy hitting for you. What you're uh, really excited about uh, from Fireboy? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll just go through it because that album. It started, we were going to do an EP with three songs. Uh-huh. Like this was directly after King and the Sting. And my friend was like, just put some stuff out so people have your original music to like reference. Yeah. And uh, so we were going to put three songs out and then I'm just crazy maniac. So I was in the <laughs> studio every, like every day and we made a full album. But uh, dude, the, the album, the first song Fireboy on there is just bars, like just straight bars all the way through it. Just a hype beat. Yeah. Um, and I, I love yeah. that you, you start with that because pe- people are like, it, especially with just the genre today is like, can this guy like rap rap? Right. You know what I mean? That's yeah. like kind of the vibe. That was kind of the point was like, just to kind of put that on front street and be like, yes, I love rap. Like this is like my, what I love, but also like it's multi-genre, mm. which is what I love about this generation of music is that 
you know, the, the people I work with and stuff, we go off of a feeling and we just made a super punk song the other day that started off as a trap song, mm. but it turned into a punk pop song Yeah, and it wasn't like setting out to make that. It was just, that's what it turned into. Sure. And we don't judge it. It's just a feeling, you know, mm. that's what I love about this generation of music. We, we have multi-genre, you know, collections well, of music. And, bro, that definitely happened after the first track. Like, yeah, <laughs> it starts to, it starts to take a turn. So yeah, like, uh, run it up. Gucci pajamas was like the first one we made where we were like, this is the single, this is the hit just because we were in the studio and I kept humming this melody of like, I'm just popping, I'm running around and I feel like the sound. And I kept doing that. And they're like, what? And someone walked in and said, did you say Gucci pajamas? And I was like, no, but that's fucking going on there. So it turned into, I'm just puffing. I fell asleep in the Gucci pajamas. I've never had Gucci pajamas. I don't own Gucci pajamas, but that feeling, vibe. yeah, it's a vibe. <laughs> and just like that feeling of waking up and being like, I'm doing me right now. That one, that one stuck out of the hit. So that was like the single and that one's fun. It's just high energy. The rest of them were just cool to work with like a bunch of artists that I look up to. Literally a year ago, my three favorite artists and like my boys are in the room that can attest to this, like Bobby Raps, Life and Riley those were the all on my playlist you like know, I heard Spotify. Bobby Raps for the first time yeah. on Young Gravy's album yeah <laughs> like, yeah man no way the yeah, new Bobby dude. Raps is on you <laughs> I think he's the best rapper out right now I'll just shout that out hopefully he hears this like yeah. best rapper in the game best melodies in the game hands down like to me right now but those three were on my rotation all year like this is the shit that me and my daughter drive around listening to like just those mm. three on repeat and uh so to be able to have all three of those features on my album meant a lot to me because it wasn't like, oh, I got this big feature that people know. And like, those are cool, but like, I actually listened to these dudes. So to yeah. get to make a song with them, like actually meant a lot to me. So those three were fucking amazing to have on the project. Hmm. And then, yeah, the rest are just literally me being in the studio and just hearing inspiring beats and melodies. And then just whatever comes out, comes out. Yeah, man. And your like creative process, let's talk a little bit uh, about that because yeah. I think some people just have a hard time starting, you mm. know, then like all the logistics kind of, um, kind of float around in their head. Like I don't have this equipment or, you know, I'm not ready to like, you know, just go for it. Yep. Um, so how do you start your creative process? You, you record a lot at home or? Mm. Well, I want to touch on the, what you just said right there. It's a great point. Just start. Like that's the first thing you have to just start somewhere. Yeah. It's a painful go. moment. It it's is. Kind of a painful it moment. is. It's so painful. And I remember being with Cam who, who's in studio with us right now, one of my best friends, and we would be driving to the studio like year a couple years ago and like shit wasn't sounding right and like but we were just starting you know like we knew that we could get it sounding right eventually and that's really important to me is like because you mentioned right when you started like talking about the quality of the music and the quality of the visuals and things and it didn't start like that it was just like shitty stuff at first yeah and like we knew that's not where we were trying to end up but you have to start somewhere so you have to just like just fucking take that and like yeah. just fucking go and just be like right on the chin. Bro. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That, you have to yeah. take that shit and just start. And I'm a big advocate of that. Like just go. Like don't let your mind convince you out of it because mm. I think we do that as human beings and just like you know like seeking problems and stuff and isolating and letting our thoughts take us back to comfortability. Yeah. You know, there's like a saying like seek discomfort. Like mm. that's the move to start with because that's where growth is going to happen. And understanding that, like, your mind's going to try to take you to where comfortability is, you know? Yeah. So that was, like, the first the first part of it. And I just went on a tangent. What was the other part of the question? Well, Sorry. like, where do you make the jump? Yeah, the yeah. production. Yeah. Because 
Because I think you posted a close clip. Maybe it was on social, but I yeah. saw it somewhere where yeah. you're like, sorry, you, you posted an old clip with some old production that you had. And you're mm. like, sorry, guys, we were just still working this shit out. Yeah, kind of, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But then there's like a huge noticeable jump. Did, did I mean, it comes from obviously just putting the the work in but it was was it like conversations with other producers with your mm. friends getting feedback from them like how do you start putting the pieces together to elevate right the jump it seems like a big jump like because the next time you hear a song it might be a big jump but the work in between that is like what people don't see of like Facts. putting those pieces together yeah getting feedback from people around you trying like five producers out and like maybe one out of five works out, mm. you know? And like you, you have to like try one thing to get to the next thing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like me and my friend Taylor over here, we've, we've done multiple things where like, even just like working with videographers and stuff, like maybe we spend some money on a vi videographer and the shit is not like amazing. But then because of that, we like meet someone else and then that becomes like the thing we use. Tight. So it's like stepping stones and being able to like take those risks and stuff. Yeah. But I would say it's a gradual process. It just like, if you kind of work in silence and build your shit up, it, it will look like a big jump to other people mm. if you keep going. Yeah, definitely, you know? man. And and me personally, like as far as a skill set, I'm yeah. illiterate musically, mm -hmm. but like I've, I'm from a design, like visual design background. Oh, so yeah. Especially with independent artists, I'm not used to like an album coming out and like the visuals are fire, like straight yeah. off the bat. That, yeah, that's yeah. a tight connect. Who uh, like who did up the album cover? How'd you work through yeah. like the concept for that? Mm, we work. Uh, we. Oh, well, I thought of the name Fireboy one day, and the first thought I had was like, "This is fucking sick." And I'm all caps Fireboy. Like I'm I, I'm seeing this vision all the way through, and along the way, I'm like, oh, "That's a stupid name." Like saw some comments. You're like, "What's well, Fireboy?" Like what the fuck? And I'm like, "I don't care." Like this shit's tight to me so we just took the whole concept and like made it this it basically turned into like growing up feeling like a fire inside of you of wanting to go out and like kill it yeah and um but also feeling kind of like lost and like in dereliction you know mm -hmm. which uh yeah so basically like we wanted the visuals to tie into that of the album covers like this dude in like a town where everything's kind of like burnt to the ground because almost he burnt it to the ground, mm. but it's like reflective because now he feels like lonely because it's like, I'm like alone out here now. Cause it's like just me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the visuals were important. We got connected with these dudes called waste boys and they're dope. And then, uh, Shout out to AV Tones. They made the um, 3D graphics. Tight. So we just wanted it to reflect. Oh, the it's sort model. Of, it's a 3D model. Yeah, like, the, like the the loops and shit, or like a, a actual replication, like 3D. Man, that's tight. Yeah. That's um, so I wanted it to just reflect um, a feeling of like loneliness mixed with like some Mad Max type shit, mixed with like some Black Mirror mm. type shit. So yeah. Yeah, the vibe's strong, bro. Yeah, thank and you. First person on the podcast used the word dereliction. The boy. <laughs> Okay. The boys nomenclature is like over the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there, it's there, bro. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> word always sticks out to me. And that's like some recovery shit too because yeah. like in sobriety they say like when you're first getting sober, they're like, the only places you're going to end up are jails, institutions, and death. Like that's like the alternative yeah. unless you do this shit, you know? Man. That's the three options they give you. And then I was in a meeting one time and like this old guy like pops up. He's like, you know what the fourth one is? I'm like, who the fuck was that? <laughs> he's like, he's like, the fourth one's dereliction. And I was like, damn. And it was a bar because he was like, dereliction is roaming the earth without a purpose. <laughs> and I was like, damn. First off. The meetings are heavy. Bro. Yeah, yeah. The meetings are heavy. <laughs> And uh, you guys just eat pizza sometimes. Or yeah, like, yeah. Sometimes you just kind of fill it out. You know, sometimes it's light. But yeah, that that word is dope. So shout out to the guy that. Uh, yeah, 
yeah, that told me that in the meeting, <laughs> right. wherever he is. Um, let me ask about like more part of the creative process and just trying to figure the game out. Yeah, um, yeah. How about uh, releasing music independently? Like, uh, what what was uh, kind of some of the obstacles for that? How'd you clear the way and make it happen? Um, well, I think a big thing with today is the internet kind of gives you that platform. Yeah. So it's once again, if you just don't care what people think and don't care about those first initial things of like, what the fuck are you doing? Like this is cringy, like this shit got five likes, like all those little starting platforms. Yeah, yeah. If you don't care about that, then the internet is the middleman. You could put your shit out independently. Like you could put shit on YouTube, Spotify, every streaming platform. Mm. So that's kind of what I was doing. And the, definitely being on that podcast, like took my shit to another level yeah but we were already doing that like before so it's just about learning like you have to learn for yourself watch youtube videos figure out like how to put music online um through like trial and error and stuff but yeah i think today the move is to do that and build your build your sound up first and then oh, yeah yeah and if you if people like it and want to like support you with it then that comes later but you have to kind of like start with building your own stuff up. For sure. Yeah. YouTube University cannot be underestimated. Dude, bro. seriously. <laughs> yeah. Stuff. The internet's Man, I, undefeated. I just want to hear it straight from you specifically because yeah. like I said, everybody starts like uh, building up in their mind why they can't do it. They right. don't got this or that kind right. of deal. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, Yeah. Did, hey, did you tour for a while with the guys from King? So I did. Brendan Schaub actually has showed me tons of love you and guys that dude's know who fucking that amazing. Is. Yeah, he's fucking amazing, dude. He actually just saved a bunch of kids from this freaking car like accident thing out in LA. What? Yeah, like, tell the story. It, it was bro. actually, cra I mean, it's online right now, but basically, like this car wreck happened, and the mom ended up passing away, and the kids were trapped in the car, and he like saw them um, in the car and like rescued these kids and stuff. And oh my gosh! It was actually this is like last week. Um, but then like after that happened, he started getting, you know, people are like, oh, Brennan's like such a good dude and stuff. And he really is like an amazing dude, like who's helped me a ton. And he gets a lot of like backlash and hate and stuff. Just like just people. Like, just whatever. being him, bro. Yeah, yeah. just being him. But I think like me and my friend were talking about this other day when people saw him do that and started congratulating them. Like he already lives like that. So for then people to catch on and be like, oh, he is a good dude. Like it was just like a flag to the world to be like this is how he lives, you know? So just to shout him out, cause he's, he's been so fucking helpful. But basically to answer your question, he asked me to come tour with them and do a couple shows. So we did like four shows in Texas. Yeah, man. How, dope. what was the time? So you released the, like King and Sting album came out. How, yeah. how fast after the compilation than when you start going on tour? Oh, well, I went with probably like a month or two after that album came out, mm. the opportunity popped up to go do some songs for them. So like, yeah, pretty quickly, I just went and closed some shows for him and it was, it was awesome. Did you have like any stage time before that? No, that was my first time performing. Yeah. And I told them that after I performed, we, me and my boy were there <laughs> and like after, cause we did four shows in a row and this kid right here, I made him be my DJ and I'm like, all you have to do is just hit the space bar. <laughs> And he's nervous. Like he's were, a, were you tight about it? Yeah, yeah. No, no. Bro, I would have yeah. been shaking. Bro. Like, How goes, many people were in the crowd? It was know? all four were sold out. It was four sold out shows. <laughs> and he I'm like, just hit the space bar. And he's naturally kind of like a you know, like a upbeat kid. Yeah. And he's like <laughs> anxiety on this side. And he's like uh he's like, What if I uh, hit the skate bar and like knock and like take the whole show out? I'm like, Don't don't don't, don't do, do that. that. And he's like coming up with all these scenarios. He's like, What if I uh, knock hot coffee on the machine and like smoke happens? <laughs> I'm like, why? It's 10 p.m. It's Don't like, bring hot coffee up there. It's like five minutes before the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Bro, that's tight. That's ride or die. Yeah. Right there, so we yeah. just suited up and did it. And um, 
yeah, that was my first time performing. And I went out there and just tried to do my thing and bring what I had. And uh, after I told the, the crew, I'm like, that was my first time performing, by the way. And they're like, Jesus Christ, like you should have told us this, brother. You're a liability. And, uh, but we did it. Like, Were they doing comedy and stuff on the tour? Right? Yeah, yeah. They did yeah. comedy and they let me close out their shows with some songs. So Man. it was pretty, it was pretty tight. That awesome. was a cool moment. What'd you pick for the track list on that? Oh, uh, we just did like five songs, but we did like their, like their songs. Like yeah. we did Thick Boy for Brendan. We did Chappelle's song. Um, I think I did like one original. I think I did like Froze or something. And, uh, yeah, just kind of like all of the people that were with us, like their songs to hype them up after. So Man, yeah. yeah. And then you came back and just started recording, trying to put like air quotes, three songs. out. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. No. And that's, and that's part of it. Like I'm always recording. I'm always thinking of new music and just like when I leave the studio, I'm like thinking of the next song already. And mm. that's just my process. Like I like to just always be making music and yeah, bro. whatever happens like after like how it gets packaged up or some songs never go anywhere. Uh, it's just about like always creating and getting in that habit of like doing it even when you're not like inspired. Yeah, man. It's a part of the process. Just not being so precious about everything like that. Yeah. Everything needs to get airtime. But yeah. There's going to be, there's going to be rough drafts and shit. You just discard. Dude, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It might be like 10 rough drafts in a row and then like yeah. one song is good and the melody sticks and then you just build on that. Sure. So yeah. Man, tell me about, uh, like, let's talk a little bit about the show tonight, how that come together and, um, Dude, yeah, it's actually really crazy, and this does mean a lot to me. It's going to be a fun show, but like deep down, like this is such a moment, and it's so reflective. And um, I, I hit Max Lyles up once again. Shout out to Max; he's been in my corner forever. He's an amazing dude. And when I left Ohio to get sober, I instantly called him with like thirty days sober because mm -hmm. I was feeling all inspired and like I'm back to myself. And I'm like, we're going to do some big shit in Ohio, bro. Like I'm going to like do music there. Like we're going to get it going. Like bring some positivity. And he's like, okay, AP, like slow your roll, get sober first. And then we'll talk about that later. Like get your shit together first. Um, but it's always been our theme, like for the past few years, like we're about to do something cool. We just didn't know how it was going to happen. Yeah. Like that was the goal. We just didn't know how it would fall into place. So like six months ago, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to start doing some shows soon. Like, you know, permitting COVID and everything. And he's like, let's try to get something going here in the city. And I'm like, yeah. And it started off as like, we were going to have a microphone and a PA system, like on the street out here on like fourth street. That's how you do it. Yeah. We were just going to do that. And like whoever showed up, it would show up. And then I think both of us just grinding on that goal. Like, you know, you know, Max, he makes moves. So yeah. it ended up Vern Rife center freaking. Yeah. Uh, I'm so pumped on him. He made it happen. So I'm really excited for the show tonight. And I don't know how it's going to turn out. Hopefully some people come out and we have a good time. Man, yeah. And you're bringing like other locals back with you, which is tight or kind of boosting yeah. other people up, which yeah. I, I really respect, man. Like all all the acts that you have before you, I know personally, mm. like all the guys in those bands. That's dope. And uh, yeah, you're bringing some serious like local talent with you. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. I'm do, excited to hear them too. You... Um, you guys are doing something with the proceeds too. Yeah. Yeah. So this one, 100% of the proceeds are going towards what Max has going on. Uh, youth prevention services, substance abuse, mm. stuff with the counseling center. Um, so yeah, all like all the money we make, like we're giving it to his ass and he's delegating it however he wants. Man, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it just be, it's like a huge testament to what you're doing with your music too, man. I mean, you really like got your, your life right to, to become a better artist. Mm. Right. Yeah. And, I love that when you were talking about sobriety, it wasn't like um, sobriety to start making music. It was sobriety to get my relationships right. And then it was sobriety to start taking next steps and be independent, you know? Yes. And, um, and like all those fundamental first pieces to the puzzle, right? Mm. 
Yeah. I mean, there were so many other things to get in order. Like, yeah. I mean, mainly having a daughter and being in a, like an active addiction. And that's the first thing that like started the process was like, I obviously have to get sober for her. Couldn't do it right away. Tried for outside reasons and it wasn't working. So then it was like, let me get sober and let all those things fall into place. Um, and music just, it's just like a blessing that I get to do that now, mm. but that that's the important shit. Like that's the real shit is like relationships with people and being a good dad and being a good friend and a good son and all those things. Like that's, that's why, that's why it started. So music's just like a cool thing that happened after. For real, for yeah. real. Well, it's, it's like a byproduct. For yeah. Real. You yeah. Know what I mean, you wouldn't have that same stability or you'd be like, you wouldn't be here as long if you didn't order those things. Right. Kind of deal. So I respect yeah, man. that, man. For sure. Um, what do you want to tell everybody listening, man? Uh, how can they find you online and um, just learn more about Fireboy? Yeah, you can learn. Uh, I'm on everything's at Low Browse, Instagram, YouTube, um, Spotify, all that stuff. Just search me up. I got some music on there. And if you like it, that's what's up. Check it out. I don't know when this comes out. If they're, will they hear it today? Like Monday. Soon? Okay, yeah. cool. So yeah, the show was fucking fire. Uh, <laughs> it was it turned up. It was fucking sick. Um, yeah man if you guys want to check out some music i'm online you can check me out say what's up and um yeah man i appreciate you having me on here and yeah, getting to course, talk Re to the city really excited to uh for the show tonight man hell yeah like i said your story is really important i think there's uh, gonna be some little kid listening to this in his room one day and uh you're gonna be the way out you know oh, that's so, awesome man yeah. i hope so i hope so thanks everybody for listening